podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We're called Whistle, and this is true. We love to do the things that we're not supposed to do. We don't need robbing, stealing, or mugging. In fact, don't take it seriously. We're only bugging. <laughs> Hello, my name's Mark Webster. This is The Whistleblowers. And it, uh, Whistleblowers, by the way, with a very international feel because we are going to go across Hadrian's Wall and adopt Scotland as our next-door neighbour, which I know it is anyway, even if they don't want to be. Not quite sure that's going to work down the line, but we'll work it out in the next half hour with a bit of luck. Uh, to do that job with me, the ideal man to actually, obviously, discuss this is, is someone from Truro. <laughs> it's Martin Gritton, of course, you know, the, the, a gentleman of the Southwest Peninsula. But as soon as you talk, it almost throws that into a, in, into a cocked hat, doesn't it? Mm, and an adopted Celt. I think there's still Celts then, the Cornish Celts. We've, they've got a cross, you know, it's well, the same thing. I said, the other, I was doing the radio show the other day, and I said, the word Argyle is in the name Plymouth. I mean, surely That's the it. clues are there, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, quite right too. Matt Sanger rejoins us again from the set piece. It's been a while. How you been? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, well, actually, you know, I was, I was terrible over Christmas. I was ill for all of Christmas. I, I, told, I told myself I wouldn't complain about that, actually, on this. So. Well, I've got to be brutally honest with you. If this, if anyone's ever asked a rhetorical question, it's, how are you? No one actually expecting the correct answer, but but thanks anyway for it's that, bit, it's man. Been, it's been a tough start to the year, Mark. Oh, good. Perhaps you can share that over the course of the next few minutes. But before we go any further, the reason I mentioned the international flow to this show is that we do need Mr. Grittnier to translate something that he sent up on Twitter after possibly the greatest footballing moment in all of Christendom, the Rod Stewart Scottish Cup draw. What a moment <laughs> that was in history. It's brilliant. It, all draws should be like that. It's perfect. Did you see him, Matt? Have I did, you, yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. It's, that right hand, mm. it, it was funny once, and then you think he won't do it again, and he does it again. Absolutely, don't you? Don't do, turn him down. Now, what did you say? Now, there was a phrase that you used. A gas rage. I think I called him a gas <laughs> rage, which even sounds like I'm putting on a Scottish accent. I know, exactly. Oh, you gas rage. Oh, You're the like the caricature of your own caricature, <laughs> yeah, exactly. aren't you? That's it. Gas rage. What, yeah. Now, gas, obviously, I think that's, that's, I suppose, relatively patently obvious. Yeah. Well-oiled wronging, I think. But Raj is that, yeah. Is it? yeah that's Raj is oh, that. I like it. It makes sense, doesn't it? But listen, while we're up there, I think it's important that we talk about the fact that I mean, you're going to be there tomorrow as well for the game. Is that we're in a situation where Celtic are about to break an incredible, incredible record. I mean, not just for their own club, but historically. I mean, it it it, it will be. What is it? It's the first time since 67, unbeaten run, isn't it? The gist of it. Yeah. It's, and it was on Burns Night as well. Of all is the, it really? Yeah, of Burns Night the morning. So like, oh yeah, I knew it's, that. It's some sort of perfect synergy across that, so they can't, they can't lose now. But yeah, St. Johnson being the opposition as well, being be interesting. It'd be great to be there. I'm really excited to go up. So uh, I haven't been up there for a while. It's weird anyway. I mean, obviously, you know, set pieces, you fully embrace football across the globe and all, and, and that's the nature of the game nowadays. But where does Celtic sit in the story, do you think? Because the worry would be that this is going to be something of a, 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 of a of a shallow victory in terms of breaking this kind of record because of the football they're playing now or the or the league in which they're playing. Um, no, I, I totally. Well, I don't really agree with that. I think, I think good Celtic, massive club, really storied history. Uh, some great players over here. Some great players in the current team. Rogers has brought back you know great style of football after a few years. Yeah. Of, 
you know, sort of insipid fare. Uh, some good performances in the Champions League. That game against City was one of the best games I've seen this season in terms of entertainment. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's absolutely huge for, for Celtic and uh I think, you know, the fact they've got the rivalry back with Rangers again this year adds a certain gloss to the, the Scottish Premiership. We've got, forget Burns night, Rangers are in the same division. That's even bigger, isn't yeah. it, of course? Brendan Rodgers, we should talk about him in this context because there's, it's always good fun to have a pop at him. He does plenty of things that make him comical. But he seems to have somewhat gone under the radar. There was a slippery start to the season, wasn't there? But is he getting it right up there, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think the... Uh, the players at Celtic, it's always about that one and two key signings, the, the yeah. big players you get. I mean, over the years, we've had the Canyon, Viduka, Van Hoydonk, you know, these one guys, obviously, without saying uh, Henrik Larsson's name, <laughs> yes. he, who was the greatest of them all. But you have these players, and they've got an opportunity to put a stamp on basically forge their career. And Dembele's done that for us this year. But it's also the way that he plays takes pressure off guys like Griffiths and other guys that don't weren't always going to be the, the star men in a side, but you know, his goal scoring record has, has proved he's a great finisher. But in Scotland, if you if you have make those one or two signings that have been obviously yeah. real marquee signings for Celtic this year and they do well, then you know it, it really it can really set things off. But there's talk of West Ham offering twenty million for Dembele, wasn't there? So Yeah, and, sure. and you and you wouldn't you wouldn't expect him. I mean he can't turn down a move back to Premier League because he's ready for it and, you and know, he's, he's, he's that good. He's still young and yeah. I mean and it's as, as the one I thought I tend to think of in this kind of terms is Wanyama because of course that was the South Southampton did the deal on him, mm. didn't they of course? Yeah no, that's but look at this fella now it's like it was almost a perfect preparation for him, wasn't it? In his in his career curve mm. to have done that, he did. He played a lot of games for Celtic, didn't he? He did. I, I, well, I think. I mean, if you look at the other players, Rogers has managed to attract. He's got some good loan signings, you know. So yeah. the, the players that we've taken from from good clubs that are, um, would otherwise have probably gone to other Premier League teams, and you know, he's got that charisma and ego that kind of you can. You can stomach in Scotland because well, it's I, I, right. You can have a few characters like that. In yeah. England, it's, you know, you have to produce week in, week out. It's not just about the personality and the ego, it's, which is, you know, as I'm sure we're going to talk about managers, it's yeah. uh, Rogers in, in Scotland can have that, you know, at, at all the other clubs. Um, it's it's a real kind of a functional job. I can see that. And, and Mark Warburton, you know, obviously, mm. who's, a, who's a fellow who's done a, who's done a fantastic job at, did a, at Brentford and he's done the same thing at Rangers. But it's interesting because you often hear about. Other managers will say, I want to send my boy to that manager because he will make him a good player for me when he sends it back. And I suppose Rodgers is exactly that kind of football manager, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at that that one season that he had with Liverpool, 2013-14, where he had them playing on confidence, you know, yeah. if he can t- take on a player... Educate them in the right way of, of playing the game uh, in you know in what is still a competitive league in in Scotland um, and then get you know fill them with confidence so that they return to the club. Like I, I still think it's a it's a great uh, place to get your education as a yeah. as, as a footballer in Scottish league because it is competitive. The conditions aren't always the best, so you know you have to really work hard to to make your chances. Would you would you say say better than a move to the Championship? If, uh, if, you, if, if you're a Premier League footballer, would you say that you know that that's a slightly more upward move than going down the division? If if I was in that position, um, which has never ever ever been a possibility, <laughs> but but we'll, I never asked if you. I, I didn't ask it in that context, but thanks for putting it that way, we, Matt. Yeah, were I ever in that position, I would take the move to Celtic because you're going to get to play a, a brilliant stadium yeah. in front of a, you know a, a huge crowd, great atmosphere, and you know who wouldn't want that? And and European football as well. I suppose and a, a good example of that would be say Scott Sinclair. 
who, of course, famously, everybody, you know, was going, look, I, I never pointed a finger at a fellow saying, like, why is he sitting on a bench doing nothing for 150 grand a week? Mm-hmm. And I think the 150 grand a week, you know, for want of a better number, was, was the answer to that. But he has gone there. He's, he's accepted the challenge. Apparently, he's out of his plan, out of his skin as well. Yeah, no, he is. And I think there's, there's an element of guaranteeing some success. You can never do that. At, certainly, you can do that at a championship club. I mean, it's hard enough. You look at... Players, I bet Wilshire was very apprehensive about going somewhere like Bournemouth, which now looks like yeah. a ma- looks like a masterstroke, yeah. doesn't it, for everyone concerned? Absolutely, it? Yeah. and I think Celtic, but Celtic will guarantee you a degree of success, or at least give you the platform to have it. If if you're not doing well and it's a, a Celtic team in, in Scottish football, then you know you got to be looking at yourself if you're going in to impress, and certainly if you're going there as as Scott Sinclair was going with 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 a reputation. So you and, and then you add Scott Bratton. So that's the other milestone. Is he species four hundredth game in it? Yeah. So, that, so you, yeah. now you got a proper. Yeah. That's a proper Scottish footballer, isn't it? Yeah, and he's really grown into that role because it's or it's grown around him. Because you know yeah. when you look at the games against Barton and play opportunities he's had to really shine. I feel sorry from the in, in Scottish terms when we've just missed out on major tournaments that perhaps would have yeah. been his chance for those but he's been involved in all the key games for us over the years at Celtic like the Barcelona matches and you playing alongside Wanyama that was like a brick wall with those yeah. two it was great <laughs> and would you say I mean Matt made the point earlier would you say you they should be judged on what we've seen in front of us rather than worrying context is nothing they are they're, they're a good Contemporary football team, absolutely. I think, and it's the way they the way they go about playing and the way they want to play. You know, they're a goal scorer and they entertain. The, you know, as Matt said, it's um, the the Man City game, but also you know Scottish football. It should it's not there to be a mirror to the Premier League and compare. It's because Scottish football is like many leagues in Europe. It's like you know uh, Deportivo and Porto and their yeah. leagues. It's like you know Barcelona, Real Madrid. There were monopolies on their leagues for years. You know, I know that Spanish leagues changed a lot, but there's there's a lot of leagues across Europe that have always been dominated. PSV Eindhoven, you know Ajax. Those there's always been two clubs that have been streets ahead of everyone sure. else. And Scottish football doesn't. They're more a, like the yeah. rest of Europe than they are the, the, the southern neighbours, aren't they? Yeah, and, and, and Scottish football didn't. What doesn't want to be a part of English football, you know? Really? Like, I, I never got that. <laughs> well, well, we'll leave the politics. <laughs> <for that one. laughs> but the, the thing is, again, if we're talking about, to, just to cap it all, I, I alluded to earlier, it's the Lisbon Lions, 67. This is the 66 last year. We all know that one. As far as Scottish football goes, this this is not a bad year for Celtic to suddenly remind everybody they're around, is it? Because that's one of the, that is literally one of the greatest football achievements of all time. Is a bunch of blokes from Glasgow going and winning a European Cup? You can't beat that stuff, can you? Yeah, against one of the greatest teams in history as well, Helena Herrera's uh, interside. So yeah, I think uh, it's it's a yeah, it's a great anniversary and it's yeah it's a good year to uh, to, to set this record. Uh, but I think the most important thing as well, which is the thing in football all the time, it's like, you know, we're, we're in London tonight and we're talking about Celtic and what their record means. Like, it, all, all that really matters is what it means to those fans of that club yeah. and, and the people there and the players and everything. And, and, you know, there'll be families and stuff that'll be talking about, oh, I remember the last time, you know, we, we set this many wins in a row and I remember this player scoring this many goals and, you know, all of these greats and everything. And it, all that matters is, is to those supporters. And if, if, you know, if they're excited about it, then, like, who, who, you know, who are we to say? Too right. Mm-hmm. I agree Absolutely. entirely. Although I'm fed up at talk about foreign football now. <laughs> Let's get back down to England. When we come back after the break, Swansea. When it comes to a software vendor audit, you need to park the bus. Call 0203 817 4880 or visit livingstone-tech.com 
to find out how. You're listening to The Whistleblowers, and um, I allude to Swans before the break there because on set pieces, it's a really good little story, um, which which is so much about the way that modern football works. And and, um, and Matt, it was uh, in the set pieces that happened, and, and it was it, that was a good get, was getting, uh, you know, uh, uh, Paul Clement's former goalie and, and, and the legend of the sweeper-keeper to talk about his old, his old manager. Yeah, it was... Uh... Piece by Archie Ryan, a uh, German correspondent on site, and um, he, you know he gets some great stuff. Does Archie's uh, had some exclusives with Oliver Burke and uh, Nabil Bentaleb this season as well about um, you know their, their moves to the Bundesliga. But he, he had a chat with uh, Manuel Neuer and Lewandowski after yeah. Bayern beat Freiburg on Friday night. I think Lewandowski scored both goals. Actually, it was two on win and uh, last goal in like the ninety fourth minute. Something brilliant takedown and, and volley into corner. But anyway, Archie asked him about uh, Paul Clement and uh, how uh, they think he's going to do at Swansea. And, you know, there's been a lot of sort of debate about Clement because he doesn't have like a huge managerial background. You know, he, mm. he had a bit of a time at Derby, which seemed a bit strained and ended quite quickly. And then he went back to uh, work alongside Carlo Ancelotti, who he'd worked before at PSG in uh, Real Madrid. So he moved with him to Bayern. And, you know, things have been going well for Bayern uh, this season to the top of the league again. Yeah. Uh, on course to win a fifth successive title. So, uh yeah, and the feedback for well, I mean, the, the responses from um, Neuer and Lewandowski were both really positive. Neuer, especially, saying that uh, you know he thinks he'll do well there. He had a really positive impact on the squad at, at Bayern and their preparation, uh, you know, for the season for for the Bundesliga and for the Champions League. And um, that's probably do well even if he doesn't keep them up. He, if, if Swansea have got a plan, that he thinks he's the right kind of guy to kind of you know to, to see it through. That, that's it. I mean, we, you know, again, like we all question, like, oh, uh, you know, he doesn't have a huge managerial background. Like, can he do a job? If the players he's working with back him and think he's a good guy and, and he can, you know, have a, a, a you know make a transformation at Swansea, yeah. then then that's like as much as you need to know, really, isn't yes. it? Yes. If Manuel Neuer is saying that you that you're a good guy and that you could have a positive impact then who are we to argue with that? But I, th- I think, you know, we've already seen with, with Clement, he came in, he had that game at Crystal Palace where uh, Alan Curtis was on the touchline, he was in charge and he yeah. came down and came down from the stand and uh, he had a, obviously, you know, it gave him a big lift there and, and they won that game in the end. They got hammered by Arsenal, but, you know, Arsenal, great side and they have a pretty decent record against Swansea. And then, um, you know, the Liverpool game in the weekend, that was absolutely superb. So, exactly right. And this, so something has happened. It might be the bump. We all know about you know, that. That's spoken of a lot. But my, the, uh, us laymen will discuss all the time, going, oh, he's a good coach, but, you know, is he really a manager? Now, and, and we say that like we've all spent Monday to Friday, nine till five, in the company of these individuals and understand the dynamic of it. So, but but what, what is the differences? I mean, I know there's obvious things to talk about, but why would the fundamentals be so different for a man to be able to do a slightly different job, arguably? It's, I think it's just the right fit. Um, you know, you go into a place, you look at Sam Allardyce now, and everyone's probably thinking that's the wrong fit, just because yeah. of the way that it started. And yet we all know what Sam's capable of and what sort of uh, results he's delivered for teams in the same position. But it's it's just it's having the right fit. And as, as, as we were saying about Clement going to um, Derby, it was, you know, Derby had that going for the last three seasons with three consecutive managers. Exactly right. I mean, he, he, exactly. Yeah. There's he nothing did, different. No. Yeah. And the yeah. players, you know, and, and you feel sorry for people in those situations, but that's the nature of it. And it's just because he's been labelled a coach because he's been a right-hand man and he's not had yeah. a chance to forge that himself. And we, none of us really know what he what he speaks like, what sort of, you know, what sort of personality he has other than the few snippets that we've had You're post-match, right. you know, because that's a real way of 
the way that they come across, the way that they hold themselves after games. Like you know, there's that. I think for him in the Premier League, just getting a few wins under your belt and having that honeymoon period go well for you is is vital. And, and not least and that's, of which, that's good. Exactly, not least of the period in which Sam Allardyce came and went as England manager. Gareth Southgate comes in, you know, they, they say, okay, it, it was going to happen that way. He's come up through the ranks. We're talking about an English manager, a young English coach, say, who's been schooled under Ancelotti. Mm. Now, how is uh, why aren't people, you know, sort of, you know, putting the flags out that his that his career is starting to have an upward curve? That should be great for English football, shouldn't it? Should be raising a few eyebrows. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well played, young man. Have, have you ever played under any, a manager, Martin, who's been promoted from assistant? Yeah, good question. Uh, yes, yeah, so my one of the best ones was Keith Alexander. When he left um, Lincoln, he was like a part of the furniture, and he'd taken the club to five successive playoff. Uh, not necessarily finals but we were in the playoffs five years in a row and we'd never got up at League 2 yeah. um, and John Schofield his assistant took over who'd been in charge of the youth and the energy and the, the vibrancy that he brought to the place was just like it was fantastic but is that and what he brought? Did he brought it, but when the dust settles on that is, is well, there good day-to-day coaching? Is well, this there is it. The funny thing tactics, is that, knowledge? So, so he brought in John Dehan who, uh, who was like a, a legend at Norwich and you know had great experience so they were a really good partnership and it was it was funny to feel that contrast because Keith was, Keith Alexander you know, God rest his soul he was a fantastic uh, manager yeah. but he had a very distinct style and John came in and, I, and after playing under him for all those years the weirdest thing was playing under a manager that just changed it completely and you were like you were a first team coach here for the last five years <laughs> and you didn't say but he's right because you have to play see that sometimes you see that when, when the captain goes off the cricket field yeah, and, right. and so like the vice captain suddenly changes the entire Everything. field doesn't yeah. he three slips and <laughs> three slips and a gully in um do you think that Clement? I mean, it's impossible to say, but is it good that we've got him sort of away from the sideman role? Can, can he be someone who can go through the ranks? Should we look forward to him being someone who goes through the ranks? Um, I mean, I, I look at the time that he had a derby, and I think you know it, it doesn't offer like great encouragement for for the future. But yeah, it felt like it, the right it, club. Martin said though, and then it suddenly was. Yeah, it obviously but, wasn't, wasn't it? But, yeah, like, yeah, and like we say, like Derby have had like numerous problems yeah. over, over the last few years, and you know there's a lot of expectation there to uh, to go back up. But I think. The, the early signs are really positive. I really like the signings that they've made as well. I think Narsing, the uh, Dutch winger, I think he was already lined up under Bob Bradley. But uh, Tom Carroll, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Tom Carroll. I yeah. think, you know, it was difficult for him to break into Spurs team, especially this season with the rise of Harry Winks. It sort of put an end to Carroll's hopes at, at White Hot Lane. But, uh, it, you know, he showed against um, Liverpool, like, what a good player he is. And I think that's a really positive thing for Swansea as yeah. a club because they look at that and it's like, oh, we're actually going back to where we were two, three, four years ago where we were signing really good footballers to play in this certain style and there was, an, you know, a philosophy and, and, and Exactly the word I was going to say in, in which, God bless him, Bob Bradley couldn't, there's no way on at God's green earth that he could have had a philosophy. No. He's never done anything in his entire footballing career that would that would be called that. Mm. He's He's gone around and done the best he could wherever he's gone, hasn't he? So now that at least they've got a Swansea kind of guy in, I guess. Yeah, that's it. When the players that emerged from that Swansea team were players that you wouldn't really have expected to emerge, you Not know. Quite. You wouldn't have expected uh, some of the um, some of the players to go for the amounts that they've gone and maybe develop as footballers at that club. And I think there's an opportunity for a few of them that have been sitting there and kind of festering for the first six months, going, "I'm I'm a good player," and, and now's a chance for them to prove themselves because yeah. they've nothing to lose. They're not busted flush, are they, Swansea? I don't think quite yet. I think that the you know the 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 shape, the the you know the the the, the blueprint may still be viable even if it perhaps takes a, a drop and a comeback 
Yeah, absolutely. I think they are sort of preparing a little bit um, for the future in case, you know, they do drop. I mean, that's why signings like Carroll... Do sandbags, do buckets, just in case, yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, I I always think this... I make the same mistake every year. I look at the table just around Christmas time and I think, yeah, those three are absolutely Oh, the fun of the fair, right? Yeah, and then suddenly it changes and, like, you look at Palace now and, you know, Allardyce hasn't done anything really to to lift them. And considering, like, he's... uh, his own sort of uh, problems in the past, like twelve months, Allardyce. You know, you wonder has he lost his like magic touch a little bit? Like, you know, yeah. m- maybe what happened to England has uh, has affected him a bit more than than we thought it might do. And um, you know, Hull as well, Marco Silva, like uh, they put in a great performance. Yeah. Harry Maguire was absolutely fantastic. That, he's a marauder, isn't he, that fella? Mm. Yeah, a lot of proper old. Fa- he was like Phil Jones when he broke through. A he won't. He won't be there in seven days. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's gone. Oh, I know, it's probably unfair, but Snodgrass team could go and that could be... Right, anyway, but not about them now. Let's, we're talking about managers, and it's been a weird seven days. We started only the other week. It started with Slavin Bilic, Mark, is, is that suddenly, the, you know, the, black, the new black is... I'll tell you what the truth is, actually. This mm. might work quite nicely. You had Conte do the same thing with Costa. Steve Bruce calling out Ross McCormack. Mm. You had... Ranieri's an interesting one. He's, he's been talking about uh, Allure about this as well. And he said, he said the other day, you can't be professional just at the end of the month with the agent trying it on the other way around. Bit of a trend at the moment, just for the gaffers to actually call it like it is. And do you know what hasn't happened? The middle of football hasn't fallen out. Could work, couldn't it? Yeah, I, I, Berahino is a perfect example of a man that's just well, yeah. wasted two, two years of his life sat there festering that you know with a with a cob on and to sign for Stoke. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like I, I think he should get his head down and done well at uh, West Brom. He had a perfect opportunity, in, but people loved him then and were willing to give him as much of an opportunity as he wanted. Um, I think you're right. There's, there's players that have. Have de- have decided to put a, a stand on it that's go- that's only going to cost them. Well, and- exactly that because what's that, Matt? Is that the players used to be able to rely on, and agents as get uh, as well, I guess, could rely on the fact that discretion would always be the greater part of valor, and they could behave like miscreants and children as much as they possibly like. And then the only word that we're out is got a bit. Of, he's got back trouble. Is that what would you know? The the, the, the club would always cover. They never look like the villain, and the, and the, and players are starting to being called out a bit. It's not a bad thing, that is it? No, no, definitely not. Um, yeah, I, I imagine a lot of managers have been disgruntled for, for quite a few years. Yes, exactly. Finally, but, the uh, shackles are off. And you they're, know? they're always the ones that have to front up in front of the media after after the matches. And so, yeah, maybe there is just a bit of frustration on their part. Um, you know, there is talk of, of uh, uh, sort of unrest at Leicester actually uh, with Ranieri. Sure. In the, in the dressing room there. So that'll be interesting to see what happens because obviously it's a huge drop from last season. It gets to the stage where, you know, the sh- when the shine starts to really rub off and it's like, okay, well, it's a long time since we won the title now. What are we doing? You know, that th- th- you will see people go head to head. and Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, like, a, I mean, a bit of honesty, you know, it, it, it can be refreshing. But also, like, I think a lot of these managers, they really realise now like that they have very little to lose because chances are you're going to be in a job for about 18 months that to two is, years. I think it's a very good point is the fact is before that, you know, to, to, to dare to bow, bad mouth the fans' favourite. You know, if you're, because basically, of course, this is the problem. Football generally can do no wrong and they can point the finger everywhere else and it's always somebody else's fault. And now when Philip's in, he's like, no, he's not, he's not the badge-kissing hero that you think he is. Think, this uh, kid won't. This bloke won't get over a three foot fence to come and train for your football team. And when and when and and, and the and the when the backlash doesn't come, that's where it's that's where it becomes difficult for players and and their agents, doesn't it? 
Yeah, well, St- Steve Bruce is just trying to write another novel, isn't he? But uh, <laughs> he's certainly gathering some decent <laughs> material, isn't he? Yeah, I, I think West West Ham actually are, are the you know another your club mark, and I, yeah. and, and I think that they're, they're the best case in point because pioneers. You, you look at Billich and you think there's been so much talk about uh, West Ham sort of you know trying to tap up other managers to to replace him, be it now or, or in the summer. That he he just looks like a, a guy who's basically thrown in the towel and he's like, well, I'll, I'll say what I want because like I know I've got to ride this out to the end of the season when, when I'll find another opportunity. But I know this isn't really going anywhere. He's had to deal with a lot of problems himself that aren't of his own making such as the move to the Olympic yeah. Stadium and he's sort of been left I, I think West Ham have hung him out to dry a little bit to be honest with with uh, how much he's had to deal with all of the problems at that club and you know the owners have just sort of well you know it'll, it'll sort itself but out but he rolled the dice on Payet and it's all worked mm. I mean, you know, it's all worked in the last fortnight. You know, God, as you say, you know, but that's who you knows need. down the line? Yeah, exactly. That's why you need a little bit of incentive, a little bit of bit between your teeth and get a, get a few run of the games because I think that confidence is everything. You know, that's what we're talking about. You get that confidence in the squad and you talk about Leicester, the, the, the drop form. It's if you're not scoring goals, you don't think you're ever going to score another one. If you're scoring yeah. weekend, you don't think you're ever going to miss. And that's what they felt like last season, you know, and that's what they're missing now. <laughs> Absolutely makes sense. Let's deal with a couple of legends while we're at it. One who's on the edge and one who's kind of over the edge and has made his little way back. Wayne Rooney, obviously. It's, it's a bit old now, but then but then again, what he does now isn't so old. And Jose Mourinho, I thought, was interested. The way he wants to end his career is up to him. Now, there's constant debate, and we've talked about him all the time on here, about you know his, his you know his status as a as a as a footballer, you know where where he stands in the in the in the echelon of football, and he's in the upper echelon, no two ways about it. But for me, I think it's an interesting point now is that surely his destiny is in his own hands. He doesn't have to stay at Man United to confirm himself as being a great because he didn't even start there. No. Is he? Can well, he go and do what he wants, like Jose I, says? I think, I, yeah, I think it would be a good thing. I genuinely anyway, do. yeah, yeah, because you know he's, he's he's cried wolf plenty of times there. He's done, you know, he's been through some horrendous runs of form there. He's done, he's done everything that makes. If he went somewhere and had an unbelievable Indian summer at yeah. club, it would be a breath of fresh air for him and for the league because it'd be great to see it happen. I've got know? to say, this is why I ask because. There's something about his situation that, he, that, that, that it feels like he seems to think, especially given the fact he had two ugly aborted attempts to try and get our Man United in the past, that he feels he's kind of got to see his time out there. And I don't understand that. Not least of which is not David Beckham's, you know, his name and his career has not been tarnished by moving away and finding other places to play football. Yeah, but I suppose Beckham didn't have a record to chase. I think it does come down to that entirely with Rooney. He wanted to get that goal record, sure. which, uh, you know, it, it, it's uh, totally like, you know, understandable. Um, and I think there probably has been loads of conversations with, with other clubs and with China. M- I mean, Mourinho really didn't do his best to play it down at all, did he, whenever uh, he was asked about it? So, so he's not exactly trying, he's not exactly had him pinned down by some heavies as he could stay at the club. You, know, you could actually see that, I think Mourinho could see it to his advantage if he wasn't around and a distraction, couldn't he? Oh, yeah, I mean, it's perfect solution if you, really, go, if you yes. go to China. Because yeah. United will get some good money out of it. Yeah. Uh, Rooney will get a massive payday. And, it, you know, it, it probably means that... Because he's, he's already... 
he's the sort of guy that like I think he'll find it really difficult to retire because he absolutely loves football right. and even now whenever you know he's the sort of guy that like if he'd already retired by now he's 31 you wouldn't be that surprised because his body is like you know he, he's driven himself into the ground like over the last 15 years as a footballer and you know he really has given his, his career everything regardless of all the stuff yeah. off the pitch he doesn't have that bohemian quality that Beckham did where he could go no. to Paris he's aged like a pair or America <laughs> I think that's it in fruit terms he he's aged like a pair he doesn't feel like, like that. that kind of guy though does he and what's interesting about China which everyone seems to forget they talk like some mass exodus of all the great footballers I was reading only a few hours ago they've only got three spaces left they have got a kind of there, mm. there, there is a limit to the amount of blue ribbon footballers they can bring in well just a recent limit as well they decided to impose and this is the other thing when Drogba was out there um, they just decided to stop paying him he's 300 grand a week because they <laughs> There no, is always there's, that, there's isn't no, there? There's no PFA. There's no. There's no. There's no union. There's no protection for the players. There's yeah. no contract protect. I mean, there's no obligation for them to pay that. Those clubs will never get invited to play world football competitions because of it, because they won't acknowledge or respect I'm, FIFA's rules. But they I don't remember care a player. Who, I forget who he was now, but he's been telling me the stories. He basically got a two-year contract at one of the Turkish clubs for mm. massive money, and he said he went there based on the fact that if he got paid eight months of that, mm. it'd be a fantastic deal. Not the fact that you're going to rely on the fact you're going to see out your 24 months. No, yeah, the, the contract length's never really important in these things. Are no, it? it's, 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 all, you, it's always about... It's what turns net, up in your bank every week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like if Oscar comes back in six months to, to Europe, would anyone yeah. be surprised? And, no. you know, the amount of grief that he's got for making that move at 25. I mean, he could come back in a year's time. He'd be 26 and yeah. he'd be multi-multi-millionaire. Yeah. So what? So. Exactly. I mean, this yeah. is, it's, it's not... It's like they, they do talk like he's got, they've got all going to the moon, don't they? No. That's it. Well, actually, Mars, you know, it's a bit further. <laughs> Let's call it that. But the, the, this is the, they talk like, you know, the, the cost of like it's the end of his career if he chose to go there. It's ridiculous, isn't it? It is, but it's it's the same way that the, the American League back in the 70s, it's just more a case that you're not at the, you're gone, you're forgotten. There'll be another guy coming through and it's, you know, because you're not going to buy him back after two years of being out there and not playing yeah. competitive football because that's what you're judged on. And that's interesting you should mention that because, of course, that has changed in the last few years and we saw that with Frank Lampard being a very good example. You might see Robbie Keane do it in the next few days as well. But Steven Gerrard is the, is the other guy I wanted to talk about. Is He's come back and he's and looks like he took his time, Martin, to think about it and then goes in to the infrastructure at Liverpool. Does that make sense to you? Oh, absolutely. I think um, he's right to take a little bit of time off and do that, you know, and, and go to the States and see what else. But it's 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 his lifeblood, isn't it? At Liverpool and be part of the furniture because I, I just think that being a young professional there or a young player coming through and seeing him coaching you. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't, you, you barely have to be a good coach. Same with Ryan Giggs, but I'm, I'm sure he'll make a great one. Do you, think it, do you think it puts a bit of pressure on Klopp though? Well, that's why he's in-house Klopp, now, yeah. But that's what we're saying about Mourinho being threatened by someone like Rooney. A Klopp wouldn't be threatened by anyone, I don't think. And I think he would almost use that to his advantage. He'd certainly be a lot more politically minded than, um, than, Say a Mourinho being he threatened. Would I think, so I, I think brilliant. It, yeah, yeah, I think Klopp's brilliant, has, and, and he has. And I, and I think inviting him back is a great move for him. I think he's, you know, not just because he's a New Balance ambassador for us, but at the same time well, as being a Liverpool. Well played. Like, we got a minute and a half to go, and he's <laughs> stuck it in there. But do, 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 just quickly though, do you think that down the line, Gerard could be an asset? Oh, an England oh, asset. Yeah. I mean, who who wouldn't uh, like to see Gerard as a coach? At your yeah, club? just feels to me a little bit like. Um, yeah, yeah, your girlfriend's ex-boyfriend right in a spare room, and uh, you know. Well, he's, okay, he's, 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 he's it's not, prime, a, to make not a scenario I thought of, Matt, but perhaps one that is a bit closer to home than I could possibly <laughs> come up with as a. Anyway, change the subject quickly, just quickly, lads. 
as we sit here tomorrow night, then sell, they'll break mm. the record and uh, and you'll be there, Mark. I would, I very much hope so, but I'm certainly not going to put my neck on the line other than, than say I'd like it to happen. <laughs> That's how you would. And now, because as Matt said at the start here, yeah, the bit of, he's a bit dicky. Not, not the greatest Christmas and New Year, it would seem. But there not. is an opportunity for you to cheer yourself up. It's the cup at the weekend. And you welcome Blackpool, Blackburn, don't they? Yeah, we uh, Gary Boyer as well. Yeah, yeah. well, Gary Boyer's already said um, it, maybe he'll get to ask why he was uh, sacked after <laughs> being unbeaten for like the three matches before before he, he got the the heave-ho. And expect a reasonable and logical answer, will he? It'd be like playing at home for Blackpool anyway, because there'll be no fans there. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, best of luck with that one. And uh, as I say, everybody out there, uh, this one, this one was for Rod. That was the Whistleblowers. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at thewhistleblowers.net. Sports Social Podcast Network.